Welcome to season three of Circular with Katie Triggerden, in which I'm exploring what it takes to cultivate a creative practice that enables you, your business and the planet to thrive. I'll be diving deep into the nuances, complexities and paradigm shifts that we need to embrace in order to bring about a just transition to a more circular economy. Welcome to a slightly different sort of episode of Circular with Katie Tregiddon. It is the week commencing the 21st of August 2023 and during this week I am running a series of free online workshops called A New Leaf and the idea is that these workshops give you the opportunity to reflect on the year so far and then make a really solid plan for the rest of this year that will enable you to have the positive environmental impact you want to have So on day one, we're looking at releasing all the things that are no longer serving you. On day two, we are planting the seeds for the positive change you want to have. On day three, we are creating the compost that will help those seeds to grow. And that's all based on my Making Design Circular framework. And I thought it would be really lovely to share the audio replays on the podcast. So that's what follows. It's essentially just a replay of those workshops. I would love you to listen, of course, and take in the thoughts and the ideas, but I've also put a link to the workbook in the show notes. So if you want to print that out and sort of play along, take part in the exercises, then you're more than welcome to. We've edited out the long silent bits where people were working on stuff, so you might have to hit pause to give you time to do those workbooks. But I think this is just a really valuable reset at any time of year. So whenever you're listening, if you would like to have that sense of reset planning for the rest of the year, then please enjoy these four episodes. If you are listening before the 1st of September 2023, then the doors to the Making Design Circular Incubator are open. This is a really exciting 12-week small group program that combines the teachings of The Seed, which is my favourite course that's all about finding your unique contribution to environmentalism. And that is packaged up with complimentary membership of Making Design Circular and one-to-one coaching with me. So you get a 90-minute one-to-one call and you get unlimited Voxer support. So it's a really wonderful opportunity to work out what your niche is, what your focus is, the area in which you and only you can make a disproportionate positive impact while playing to your strengths, making decisions that align with your values and most importantly, having fun. So if that sounds like it might be of interest to you, the link is in the show notes. If you're listening after the 1st of September, then I'm afraid the doors to that are now closed. But if you're interested in the Making Design Circular membership, hop on the waiting list and you'll be the first to know when we next open the doors. And again, the link to that is in the show notes. Today is day two of A New Leaf, and I'm very excited that you're all here. Today we're going to be looking at plant. So having released some of the stuff yesterday that is kind of getting in our way, is no longer serving us, today we're going to plant the seeds of what we want to achieve for the rest of the year. So let me share some slides. Amazing. Right, and I'm just going to put that into presenter mode. Give me a thumbs up if you can see the screen amazing thank you um and cleverly i haven't got to the right spot so these are this is what we covered yesterday but we can whiz through it super quickly so this is all what we covered yesterday so yesterday we absolved ourselves from guilt 
we liberated ourselves from perfectionism and we moved away from worrying about getting things right towards making values aligned decisions. And today, as I said, we're going to be planting some seeds. Um, so again, this is the Making Design Circular framework that everything I do is based on. Um, and yesterday we moved through the release section, looking at absolve, absolve, liberate and align. And today we're going to be looking at the plant section, looking at believe, define and play. So first of all, we have believe and this, in some ways, I think this is the most important part of what I do. And this is about the fact that if we don't believe we can make a difference in the world, we're not going to. Right. And so I think a lot of environmentalism work is based around kind of very importantly, speaking truth to power and telling people how bad it is. And that stuff has a place. And I have a huge amount of respect for the people who do that work. But and <laughs> fear doesn't motivate change. Right. In order for people to make changes in their lives, in their businesses, in the world, they have to believe that what they're doing is making a difference. And so. I like to talk about defiant hope and the fact that defiant hope sparks meaningful change, because this is not about kind of uh, just blind faith or naive optimism. This is about waking up every morning and despite all evidence to the contrary, making a choice to believe in a better world and acting accordingly. And I think it's absolutely foundational to the work that we do as creative people, that we are partly bringing that world about and partly showing people that that world is possible. And so there's a quote that I absolutely adore um, from Arundhati Roy. And she says, another world is not only possible, she's on her way. On a quiet day, I can hear her breathing. And I just, firstly, I love the fact that she's referring to another world in with a feminine pronoun. That <laughs> makes me very happy. Um, and... We can go into that in a lot more depth, but I think part of this shift is going to be moving away from traditionally masculine ways of being to traditionally feminine ways of being for both men and women. Um, but I just love that sense of the inevitable, that this better world that we all dream for is, is already coming. And you can absolutely see that when you kind of choose to look for it, right? Um, and one of the things we do um, in my course, The Seed and The Incubator, which I'm going to tell you about shortly, is about kind of curating our news sources to make sure we're seeing those glimpses of that other world. Um, but in your workbooks, I would love you to, on the bottom of this page, which is the next page we're up to with the watering can and the seeds. We're going to start right at the bottom of this page and where these four seeds are, each of these four seeds is going to be something that brings you hope. So I've got a couple of questions to spark those answers for you. And the first is thinking about the world that is possible. What brings you hope? Where can you already hear her breathing? I've missed out the word, her. <laughs> um, so pop those into, we've got a couple of more questions to fill those four seeds but pop any thoughts into the workbook and also into the chat. So this, this world that Arundhati Roy talks about that's not only possible, but on her way, thinking about that world, what brings you hope and where can you already hear her breathing? Rosie says, beautiful. It's such a lovely quote, isn't it? It's just magical. So thinking about 
the environmentalists you admire, thinking about creative people in your circle, thinking about if you're following positive news and I try to share their post in the Make and Design Circular feed. They do a post every year, which is what went right this week, every week, sorry, not every year. And I try to share that in the Make and Design Circular feed every week, thinking about all those sorts of things. What What's bringing you hope? What, where can you already hear this new world breathing? And these are the seeds of hope that we're going to plant for the rest of this year. So once you've pop them into your worksheet, just maybe pick one to put into the chat. Or if you don't want to share them in the chat, just write done to let me know that you've finished putting them in the worksheet, in the worksheets. Routine says community. Yeah, definitely. Definitely in so many ways, right? I think there's so many ways that you see people coming together to bring about positive change. I was watching a um, Simon Reeves documentary about Cornwall where I live and the sort of extreme poverty that exists in I was gonna say pockets of Cornwall but actually much of Cornwall um and it's so incredible to see people coming together to help each other Orbin says my community too yeah definitely it's really interesting isn't it how things can seem really fractured on a global level but when you look close to home you can find examples of there's a, another quote I love um Mr Rogers said whenever he would see scary things on the news as a child his mum would say, look for the helpers. You'll always see people who are helping. And I think that's particularly true in small communities. Mary says, changes other creatives are making within their work, inspiring me and sharing understanding and findings with each other. Yeah, definitely. Bronwyn says, less people in denial about climate change and communities coming together more to address it. Julie says, local people and tourists loving the island scenery, wildlife. Carrie says, seeing a growing interest in older traditional ways of doing things. Yeah, definitely. I think that's really true, isn't it? Repairing clothes, baking bread, growing food at home. Eva says, definitely my younger daughter's generation. She's 14. There's a curiosity, kindness and determination in her and her peers to make this world better. I'm also hopeful when I see how many people of any age and all walks of life light up literally in workshops. Yeah, the power of education. Alison says, pulling up your socks and making things happen instead of complaining about what needs to change. Amen, Alison. <laughs> That's the uh, Brené Brown quote about being in the arena, isn't it? It's not the critic who counts, it's the man who's in the arena, or the woman. Um, Laura says, a world where a human animal accepts, understands, and is willing to balance the rights of all living things. Sorry, the chat's bouncing around because you're all contributing so beautifully. Um, Harry says yes let's get it done let's um, Laura a world where the human animal accepts understands and is willing to balance the rights of all living things the strength of nature brings me hope I hear her as the sea as the wind as the birds and the beasts I totally Laura and sometimes it's almost subconscious isn't it when you're just in a natural space you just have this sense of it's going to be okay it's going to be okay nature is this powerful force um, yeah, and it's almost not linguistic. It's just almost a bodily sense of reassurance that you can get from nature. Um, Helen says, so agree, community level changes, and you can see how these make a real difference and can scale up and down. Um, Amanda says, there are more generous people around me than generosity abusers. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's really interesting, isn't it, that that idea of what you focus on expands. So the more you focus on those generous people, the more you see generosity in people. Roisin says, amazing, feels really good to read through these. It does, doesn't it? It's giving me hope. Sana says, collaborating with like-minded locals and beginning to build a circular economy and creative network, including the amazing 
Alison Bailey-Smith, who's joined me here today. Amazing. Welcome, Alison. And Helen says, more connection and appreciation for the more than human world. Yeah, I think that's so powerful. Um, cool. So we've, we've kind of talked about what's bringing you hope. Uh, Anne-Marie says, I hear her breathing right here in my garden now with seeds developing for renewal. I love that. Love that. So bearing in mind the things that we released yesterday, so the things we put in that jar or that envelope and said those are not for this year, what are your hopes for your own creative practice for the rest of 2023-24? So going back, we made the list of all the things you were hoping to do this year, and then some of them we put to one side. What What's left in that list? What are your hopes for your own creative practice for the rest of this year that feel achievable given the resources, energy levels, and time that you have? Eva says there are definite signs from nature herself when a tree falls down and new life springs up around it still, when after a heavy storm, the birds are still singing. Yeah, that's so true. I've actually seen trees that have fallen down and then one of the branches has turned into a trunk and the roots have gone back in and this whole tree has just reorientated itself. It's absolutely incredible. Forests are brilliant spaces to sort of see the resilience of nature. Cool, so the other things, on this workshop, these seeds at the bottom, some of these want to be your hopes kind of more broadly and some of them want to be your hopes specifically for your creative practice, for your environmentalism work. What are the things you would like to achieve this year? What's the impact you'd like to make next year? And again, pop them in the worksheet and then if you would like to share, pop them in the chat. And if you don't feel comfortable sharing, just pop done in the chat so that I know you're done. And if anybody's watching on the replay or listening on the podcast, please feel free to use this time to do these exercises in real time alongside us. And feel free to drop me an email and share how you got on. It's that moment when if you're listening on the podcast, you're like, has it stopped or have they just gone quiet? <laughs> We've just gone quiet. <laughs> So bearing in mind what we released yesterday, what are your hopes for your own creative practice for the rest of 2023? Or if you're planning on a September to September year for 2023 and into 2024. Julie says, streamline what I make, make less, but be more focused and thoughtful. I love that, Julie. And that is going to segue beautifully into our next section, <laughs> which is all about focus and niche and streamlining. Laura says, make more of my own work through which I hope nature will speak through me. I love that, Laura. And Orbin says, snap. Yeah. I love that idea of allowing nature to speak through your work. That's so powerful. And that's got a little heart from Doris as well. That's clearly resonating with folk. Michelle says, start small. Adopt at least one sustainable practice into my work. Yes, Michelle, we've got a whole thing tomorrow about why it's important to take this step by step. So I wholeheartedly applaud the idea of starting small. And Amanda's giving you a little round of applause emoticons as well. Eva says, I am making Defiant Hope my mantra. I know I can move mountains, but I'll start with a pebble. Yes, Eva. I might I might put that up on my, <laughs> on my desk. That's brilliantly worded. I love that. And that's getting a little heart from Michelle. Roman says, make space to build upon what I've achieved and reinvigorate the next stage of developing my practice. Awesome, Roman. That sounds very cool. I think that's the thing, isn't it? Sometimes you get to a certain point and then it's sort of like, <laughs> now what? You have to sort of 
reconsolidate a little bit before you can move on to the next stage. Okay, so keep sharing those in the chat if you haven't already. What we're going to do now is go back to the first page, the one I asked you to pin up on your pin boards. So I'm hoping it is pinned up on your pin boards. If not, it's still in your worksheet. The one where we listed the achievements, skills, resources, and personality traits and lessons that you'd learned. So this was, I think it was the very first page we filled in. Yeah, so we did the 10 things you'd already achieved. And then at the bottom of that page, we had the skills, resources and personality traits that have enabled you to overcome challenges and the lessons you've learned from things that didn't go quite your way. I want you to add those to some of these lines that are coming out of the watering can, because these are the things we can use to water those seeds. Right. So we've got this sense of things we're hopeful about. How are we going to make those hopes grow? We're going to make them grow with the skills, resources, personality traits and lessons we've learned, right? So go in and we've got, we're going to save a couple of lines for an exercise we're going to do a little bit later, but fill in four or five of those with your skills, your resources, your talents, lessons you've learned, because all of those things you can use to water these seeds of hope with. I hope I'm not stretching this metaphor too far because it, it keeps going. <laughs> I got quite carried away. Um, Helen says, make my writing more purposeful and nurture the tiny forest I'm a keeper for. And I love that you've capitalised tiny forest and keeper. That's beautiful. Anne-Marie says, transition my practice and business to support others to work responsibly, bring awareness that plastic is precious through my own work. Anne-Marie, you and Bronwyn should have a chat and you're both in this room. <laughs> so if you would like to connect with each other, I feel you're both working in this area of making plastic precious. Um, so if you want to send each other a little DM, I feel the beginning of a beautiful friendship there. <laughs> Eva says, I'm a very patient person, except with myself. I always think I have to make more, know more, try more. I don't. I'm trying to focus on what's enough on a daily, weekly, monthly basis and work in small steps towards a new body of work. Eva, yes, <laughs> you are enough. Um, and I think that's the thing, right, is there is tomorrow I'll show you my five step path to sustainability and, and it will really show you the scope of what's possible and that it's that kind of fully sustainable forest, which is the sort of end point of that journey, is a North Star. It's not really a destination we ever arrive. So there's never a point at which you can go tick. Yeah, I'm fully sustainable. That's done. You know, it is a journey. So taking it step by step and being kind to yourself is really important. Bronwyn says, I'd love that. Cool. I think that would be I think you two would have a lovely conversation together. Um, cool. So if you've written some of your Achievement, skills, resources, personality traits as the drips coming out of that watering can. Um, we will move on, but we will come back to that diagram because we've got some other water to add to that watering can a little bit later. Carrie says, trusting my inner knowing, self-belief. Yes, that is good water to be coming out of the watering can, Carrie. I'm on the same journey myself. So we're going to have a little look now at define and we've touched on this already which I'm really excited about so this idea that I think a lot of us and it sounds ridiculous when you say it out loud but I think a lot of us feel like we've got to save the planet single-handedly there's this idea of oh I've got to deal with the carbon crisis and ocean acidification and plastics and you know I should be doing this and this and this and this and it's it's when you actually say it out loud, it's ridiculous to imagine that any one human could save the planet, right? But we still have that sense of, I've got to do all the things, I've got to do all the things. And what that results in is we are 
spread too thin, we're burnt out and we achieve less. The counterintuitive sort of um, switch is that actually by picking one thing to focus on, you can have a disproportionately large impact. So if you decide that your whole creative practice is going to be focused on creating habitats for solitary bees or removing plastic from beaches in Cornwall only, and I'm talking about two people I know of when I say this, um, or in my case, kind of working with craftspeople to help them join the circular economy. You know, these are all tiny niche focuses. But if you pick the right focus, you can have a, a disproportionate impact. Seth Godin um, in This Is Marketing says specific as a kind of bravery. And he's talking about niching down in business. The idea that if you offer less, particularly as a small business, you will have more success. Because it's counterintuitive, right? You sort of think, well, if I say yes to everybody and do all the things, then I'll, I'll have more success. But actually, by saying, no, this is specifically what I do, and it's for these people, you will have more success. You'll be, rather than sort of being a meh for everybody, you'll be wrong for a lot of people, but absolutely right for the people you're trying to reach. Now, I think when you apply this to environmentalism, this requires extra courage, because not only is it counterintuitive, but there's this sense of, well, if I don't sort out ocean acidification, who's going to? You know, if I don't worry about carbon, who's going to? And one of the wonderful things about being in community is this sense of, actually, I'm doing this little bit, but I know that Roisin's doing that little bit and Alison's doing that little bit and Anne-Marie's doing that little bit. So it gives you that sense of, it kind of bolsters you to, to pick your focus. Um, so my question to you is if you could pick just one thing to achieve for the rest of this year, and I'm not saying you have to, <laughs> but if you were to, what would it be? And on the following page in the workshop, there's a big circle for you to write it in. And if you feel comfortable to do so, please share in the chat. So if we were gonna be really brave and release all but one thing, what would that one thing be? And you don't need to get this answer right. I'm sure you will not be surprised to know that there's no one right answer to this. Um, Carrie says, start selling my work. Yes, Carrie. Carrie is on day two of being full-time in her brand new shiny business. Sarah says, build community. Lovely, Sarah. And how would you, in fact, for both of you, Carrie and Sarah, how? what's the how on that? How are you going to start selling your work, Carrie? And how would you build community, Sarah? Alison says, focus on materials in terms of, explain that a little bit more, Alison. Carrie, you're getting a round of applause from Mary. <laughs> and then as you're thinking about that, the next question is, how does that feel? How does it feel? To, how would it feel to focus on just one thing? Does that feel like it requires the, the bravery that Seth Godin talks about? Does it feel freeing? Sarah says, reach out to like-minded people and ask them to join my tribe through fun things. I love that as an articulation of building community. That sounds more achievable and more fun and more specific. And we're going to be talking about play next. So we'll come back to that idea of fun things. If you were going to do just one thing for the rest of this year, what would it be? And how would it feel to just focus on that one thing? Alison says, sustainable sources and practice, going back to the fundamentals of where I get them for and how they're intertwined with my locality. I love that, Alison. So kind of really digging into the, that kind of transparent supply chain idea. 
Doris says, be still and get to know both me and my practice more. That feels really warm and a little nerve wracking. Love that combination, Doris. The best advice I was ever given is if you're half excited and half terrified, it's going to be one of the best things you ever did. And I feel like warm and nerve wracking is a lovely combination. Ellen says, can I join your fun things tribe, Sarah? Yes. <laughs> Eva says, I'll choose my materials more carefully, local fibre, windswept colour. It could be limiting, but I think that could also make my work more discerning. Yeah. And I think there's something, you know, which we know as creative people, right? The more you tighten the constraints, the more creativity comes out. I used to work in advertising and we would spend, I was a creative services person. We would spend forever kind of researching this brief and, you know, we'd talk to the client, we'd talk to planners, we'd do kind of desk research, we'd do focus groups and you'd have all this massive information and you had to condense it down to a one page brief. And on that brief, a one sentence proposition, ideally no more than five words, but it was kind of tightening it and tightening it and tightening it that then freed the creative team to kind of expand it back out again. So um, I think that idea of kind of limitations being creatively empowering is really powerful. Carrie says, I love the idea of a windswept color. So do I, Carrie. Roman says, yes, reaching out to my tribe, but also making it enticing for new people to join. Yeah, it's how we kind of, Make those connections in community, isn't it? Orbin says, focus on making work using domestic plastic waste as a tool for communicating how we can use this material as a precious resource. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Right. I would like to share something. Oh, Helen says, I'm currently working on an energy transition exhibition. Awesome. Paring down the messages and the voices takes so much time, but finding clarity of the messages liberating. That's what I'm hoping for this year. Nice, Helen. That is the thing, isn't it? Is it's it's that clarity that is so powerful. Um, Laura says to get my work more visible feels scary and bold and motivating and hopeful. That's a lovely combination of feelings. Anne-Marie says, enable people to love and cherish plastic as an amazing material and a precious resource. This will make me feel calmer and full of joy. Me too. Awesome. So on the subject of this idea of kind of really focusing and finding your unique contribution to environmentalism, I would love to share something with you. Um, and this is for anybody who really wants to go deep on this question this year. So I am launching something called The Incubator, and it is a 12-week group programme for designers, makers, artists, and craftspeople. And the sort of the proposition, <laughs> that one sentence of what we're doing, is to find your unique contribution to environmentalism and get the direct support to make it happen. Um, and how we will go about doing that is um, that you will get super clear on your values so you can make decisions that align with your values. You'll identify the work that plays to your strengths that you love and that supports both your business and the planet. And you will visualise the difference that you can make in the world so that you've got kind of a, a visual North Star to aim towards. We'll get super clear on who your audience is to make sure that this work is going to resonate with them and to help you communicate this work. And this will help you bring your team. And I use the word team loosely. That might be a, a formal team or it might be a, a network of people you work with, suppliers and audience with you on that journey. So by getting super clear on what you're doing, it's much easier to bring that, that tribe or that kind of collection of people with you. 
and you'll build a support network. So that community we've been talking about, you'll have that built in. There's only eight places on this program. So it's going to be a super tight knit group of people all going through this process together. So you'll have that sort of inbuilt community and you'll get the one to one support from me to make that happen as well. So there's um, kind of one to one time with me built into that program to make sure that you're getting tailored support to work on your specific challenges. And what this looks like is a fortnightly hybrid teaching group coaching session. So we're going to work through the seed, which is a program that I've developed that's all about finding your unique contribution to environmentalism. But we're going to do it in more depth than I've ever done it before. So the sort of longer time is six sessions. The seed is usually taught across four. So the longer time and the small group size means that I've got time to kind of teach the content, but you've also got time to go, okay, but how does that apply to me? And what about this? And kind of have that back and forth to coach you over any barriers or kind of sticky bits. Um, You'll also get access to the self-paced version of the seed, which means you can come back to that talk content for as long as that course exists. Um, And you will get a 90 minute coaching and mentoring call with me to be taken at any point during that 12 weeks. And also something called Voxer Access. So Voxer is an app that's a little bit like a walkie talkie. You press a button and talk. Um, And what's quite nice about it is if we're both in Voxer at the same time, we can have a conversation just like we might have on the phone. But if we're not both in Voxer at the same time, you can leave that message. And as soon as I log in, I can pick it up and respond to you. So you can Voxer me 24-7 and I will pick up those messages during sort of my available hours, which are Monday to Thursday, two till six. So if we're chatting during those times, it will be synchronous. If not, it'll be asynchronous. And what's nice about that is if you're making in the studio or in your, you're in the bath or you know, you're doing whatever at any time of day or night and you have a thought, you can kind of share it with me. And you'll also get complimentary membership of Making Design Circular. If you're already in Making Design Circular, give me a shout and you will, of course, get a discount code for this and your membership fees paused so that it kind of all makes sense. Um, But yeah, the nice thing is you get membership to Making Design Circular, which I think I've got a bit more info on the next slide. So as well as having that kind of really in-depth 12-week programme, You've also got access to everything that is in the usual membership for those 12 weeks with an option to extend. And so that includes my five stage path to sustainability, which is I'll go touch on in more depth tomorrow. But it's this kind of very step by step process towards becoming more sustainable. Um, Weekly co-working sessions, which are happening in 25 minutes today. So those happen every Tuesday and are hosted by Virginie. And they are a wonderful opportunity just to carve out a week in a week, an hour in your week to kind of focus on some of this work. um, Designers and makers and craftspeople often say to me, my biggest challenge is just finding the time. So we've kind of cleared that hour in people's diaries. That sense of community we've talked about, there will obviously be a, a kind of small tight knit group going through the incubator, but there is a wider community within Making Design Circular of people with shared values and shared goals. And, you know, we've all talked today about how important that can be. There's a co-curated library of reading, watching and listening recommendations. So every time somebody mentions a book or a podcast or something in the membership, it gets popped in that library. So that's a really lovely resource. Um, There are all my self-paced courses in there. So as well as getting access to the seed, there is also a waste masterclass and there is a carbon literacy program in there. Uh, Once a month, we have a group coaching session with Joe Casey, who is a wonderful marketing mentor and neurodiverse coach. 
Um, and so that's another opportunity to kind of bring any personal challenges. We have guest speakers once a month, which are amazing just for that sense of sort of inspiration. And we've talked about kind of seeing what other people are doing and, and that bringing hope. So that's part of what that's for. And then we have a little green book, which is a co-created uh, sort of list of eco suppliers and partners that we as members all value and have recommended to each other. So that's a really helpful resource as well. In terms of the time and money, because I know those are always the big questions, um, it will require, I would say, a couple of hours a week. It's a, a one hour call once a fortnight, but to kind of dig into the other stuff and enjoy the membership as well, I would suggest putting aside a couple of hours a week. Um, the cost is £1,500 plus VAT if you pay VAT. Obviously, if you don't, then that's not necessary. Um, or that can be split over three monthly payments um, of £500 per month. So we get started in September. So the course is September, October and November, and the payments can sort of reflect that. And I haven't actually run this combination of things before. I've run all the different elements before, um, but I'm really excited about this combination of having the content of the seed, the membership and the one-to-one -one support. So these are testimonials from people who've worked with me in various ways rather than from this specific container. Um, David said, Katie has all the right ingredients to make amazing things happen. Her non-traditional and highly creative approach is both refreshingly honest and well thought out. Her infectious energy and passion is a huge plus, huge plus for anyone who aspires to bigger thinking. Emma says, Katie is an inspiring, design-obsessed, all-round, fantastically interesting human. I truly look forward to every opportunity I get to work alongside her and learn from her. And then these are from people who've done the seed. So the seed is kind of part of this incubator offering. Nick says, one thing I've been doing since the seed is Woodland Wednesdays, where I leave the lads in the workshop and go to the woods. The seed helped me realise how important this is to me and gave me position to, permission to prioritise it more. The bonus is my clients love it too. And I have lots to tell them about my trips to the woods. Sharing a passion like this is important and great for marketing. And that's an interesting point, because I think one of the things that's so powerful about getting this clarity about what your unique contribution is, is it makes it so much easier to communicate with other people. You know, it makes your marketing a dream because all you've got to do is talk about your purpose and your contribution. And that feels very natural and very values aligned that doesn't feel like quote unquote selling which I know a lot of us find a bit sticky and then Virginie says Katie opened a space where kindness to oneself and to the world is the main element of the equation the seed was an inclusive and respectful environment driven by an uplifting energy an invitation to question and observe where and how to start and to realize that just by being there you've started already no action is too small the seed or the sparkle that relights the hope that we can all be part of the solution wherever we are on our path. So Virginie, is a, as well as hosting the co-working, she's also one of my members and has taken part in several of my courses. So I'm going to open the doors now, essentially, for you lot. So Roisin, if you haven't already, if you wouldn't mind just dropping the link into the chat, that would be amazing. So there's more information on the link that Roisin's about to drop into the chat. If anybody wants to hop on a call with me just to see, you know, is this the right thing for me? If you've got any questions, please feel free to just give me a shout um, or hit reply to an email or send me an Instagram DM. I'm more than open to having those conversations with you. Um, 
I'm going to give you all a bit of a head start on this. So I will open the doors to everybody else on Friday, um, just because you've all been here and we've had such a lovely energy in these two days so far that I would like to give you and obviously my Making Design Circular members um, sort of a bit of a head start on, on everybody else because there are only eight places. Um, and as I said, it will run through. Yeah. So doors open for everybody else this Friday and close the following Friday. And then we run from the first call is the week commencing the 11th of September, but you'll get access to all the materials from the beginning of September. So it runs September, October, November, and those six calls are fortnightly through those 12 weeks. So if anyone has any questions immediately, please feel free to pop them in the chat. And we also have a Q&A session on Thursday. So if you want to bring any questions there, you're very welcome to do that as well. So that's just a little bit about the incubator, which is a real deep dive on the define part of this equation. And then next we come to play and the role that play can play. <laughs> haven't worked out how to say that sentence without repeating the word play. The role that play can play in our environmentalism work. And I think there's this sense that because the climate crisis is so serious, we all have to be serious in our approach to it. But as we know, as creative people, playfulness, experimentation, curiosity, childlike wonder, these things can all be incredibly important to the creative process, aside from letting it be fun. So I would love, going back to this worksheet, some of these drops from the watering can to be about introducing playfulness to your work. So the first question I have for you to that end is what are the barriers that are preventing you from being more playful in your work? And so just pop those in the chat. There's nowhere in the workbook for those ones. This is just to help us to get to the next question. So what are the barriers that prevent you from being more playful? Alison says, will you be running this course again after the upcoming September to November session? I won't be, Alison, but I'm doing something slightly different. So in January, I'm going to run a, a three-day retreat in Cornwall which will be the, the same content of the seed. And then you'll get membership January, February, March, and you'll get that coaching session with me and you'll get Voxer access. So it's the same sort of content in a slightly different format. We'll, we'll do the whole of the teaching in person at the retreat in Cornwall. And then the, the kind of three months for the follow-up will be January, February, March. So if, if that feels more right for you, let me know and I'll put you on the waiting list for the retreat. And as soon as that's kind of open, I can share that information with you ahead of anybody else. Cool. So, Orban, Alison, I'm assuming these are answers to the question, what are the barriers that prevent you from being more playful in your work? Time, perfectionism, time and too many shoulds time and institutional constrictions, health and time, always something more quote unquote important to be done. Too much focus on getting stuff done completed, says Julie and Helen agrees. Eva says time, self-doubt and finances are on the top of the list. And Helen agrees. Roisin says confidence. Doris, time, perfectionism, confidence. And Mary says time and prioritising. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I think I, I have a sense and I don't believe this academically, but I think I have a, you know, that sort of inner, inner gremlin voice that play is somehow kind of self-indulgent or frivolous, that I should be doing more serious work. And when I really dig into that, for some reason, that has to involve sitting at my desk answering emails, which is not like it's not what I want to spend my time doing. It's not where the real value in my work is. Um, 
actually being playful and I it's interesting that I created these worksheets over a weekend where I felt I had the time and space to be playful and I've sort of really enjoyed coming up with the seeds and the watering can and you'll see the worms on the slide <laughs> and it was just having and there was no one around right and I just felt I had this spaciousness to be playful and so I think it's really interesting to think about how we can create the conditions for play right which is a little bit of what we'll come on to um Mary says we need we need a creative play club we do um lack of in-person feedback from peers interesting cool so it sounds like time is a is a big one and perfectionism is another one um yeah cool so bearing all that in mind I would love you to think of a play practice that you could introduce into your working day that would spark joy, curiosity and experimentation. So something that doesn't take up too much time, <laughs> perhaps something that requires imperfection that you could do every day that just sparks that sense of playfulness and joy. Um, Sally says others expectations in the climate change community yeah totally Sally I've actually got a podcast episode coming I interviewed the founder and director of, of an organization called Climate Play which is all about the role and importance of play in our response to climate change um, so keep an ear out for that one that's coming soon because the climate crisis is serious right but as creative people, we know that we don't necessarily reach the best solutions by being serious. We can reach serious solutions by being playful. And so it's that sense of how do we bring play into the creative process, even when we're tackling serious problems. So as drips from your watering can, I would love you to add some ideas for how you could introduce a daily play practice. That's hard to say quickly. <laughs> into your into your creative practice into your environmentalism work laura says cash flow needs time energy work schedule yeah it's interesting isn't it and i'm not going to say but i'm going to say and quite deliberately i think being playful can give you energy can help you to make money can help time to feel more spacious so i think it's again it's this counterintuitive so much of my work is so counterintuitive but it's this sense that we think oh god i haven't got time i need to do this serious stuff but sometimes bringing in that little bit of play can help you have a, a breakthrough with the serious stuff or can help your day just feel more spacious says the girl who did this by working at the weekend so i'm a, i'm a work in progress i'm definitely not not speaking from a place of having nailed this and actually i think play is something i really struggle with i think i really need a sense of safety before i can feel playful i think to me it feels quite vulnerable and quite risky and i've noticed that there are certain environments i can can be more playful in than others and that tends to be about that sense of psychological safety So pop your play ideas up here. I would love you to stick this one on the wall as well. I think this one would be a cool one to go up on pin boards. So you've got your hopes at the bottom and all the things you're going to water them with. Um, and then once you've got them in your workbook, if you're happy to share them in the chat, please do so. If you're not, just pop done so that I know that people have reached that point. I'm keeping an eye on the time because we have our Make and Design Circular members co-working session at one o'clock. So round about one o'clock our members the members who aren't already here are going to come piling into the session so i'm just keeping a slight eye on the time alison is done amazing 
Carrie says daily 15 minute sketchbook session. I love that, Carrie. Auburn is done. And that's the thing is it doesn't have to take long. Mary says a drawing or mark making session once a day. Mark making is so lovely for that sense of just creative freedom and play and experimentation. Sarah says working outside sometimes. Right. I think sometimes it it's just changing our location. I have a real thing that if I'm, I have a sofa in my office, which you can probably just about see. Whereas if I'm sitting on there reading, I feel like I'm somehow being naughty. And it's like, Katie, that's part of your job. It doesn't matter whether you do it at your desk or do it on the sofa. So yeah, definitely changing the environment can really help. Helen says a writing blurb, just letting the words come out for five minutes without thinking about them. Yeah, and we talked yesterday about the artist's way. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but the idea that the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning is just fill three pages with whatever words tumble out of your brain. Uh, morning pages, thank you, Sarah. Um, so yeah, that's a lovely idea and proven actually to kind of foster creativity. Um, Carrie says, it reminds me of being at school in the summertime and asking the teacher if we can have class outside, right? And now they have forest schools. So this is definitely a thing. Um, Orbin says, taking some snaps of textures and shapes and creating a daily visual diary. I love that. Laura says, playing with colour, paint, collage, just let it happen. Alison says, start my studio day with a quick 15 to 20 minute chats bouncing around practice of trying a new knot technique. I love that, Alison. I did this last year and it really helped develop my skills, create a peaceful headspace to take on the day and planted seeds for new ideas. I um, used to work with someone who would make a three-dimensional object every morning to start her day and loads of ideas came out of that, just from paper. Um, Julie says having a small piece of clay to make something with for 10 minutes each day and doing it outside is a great idea. I've been trying something for a while, work on a creative project without a deadline early morning for about an hour. Yeah, and I think often doing it first thing in the morning is really powerful because it kind of sets you up for the rest of the day. Anne-Marie says, set up a corner of the office to play on something, whether it's sketching, doodling, pulling bits and pieces together in little compositions. Yes, I love that. Um, in Big Magic, um, oh God, her name's fallen out of my head. Elizabeth Gilbert talks about setting yourself art traps. So you kind of, as you're walking around your home, you sort of almost trip over an open sketchbook and some paints or some wool and some needles, or it's that thing of out of sight, out of mind, isn't it? So the opposite of that, kind of having a little corner where it's open. Bronwyn says, play in the mud at low tide every day. Yes, Bronwyn, I love that. Um, Rochine has just very sensibly asked, because we're going to come on to, the, in fact, I will come on to that shortly. I'll just rattle through the rest of these i hang out with cats and cup of tea in the garden they're always playful infectious totally cats dogs children whichever of those is your favorite species spend time with them because they are inherently playful Rosie says get back to painting just for me awesome so this is important because it feeds creativity and comes up with good solutions but also because as brian sutton smith said the opposite of play is not work it's depression and i think there is so much burnout um, particularly anybody who does something good for a living, there's almost this sense of I can't stop because I've got to save the planet. We have to stop and we have to play and we have to look after ourselves. And we'll come on to that in more detail tomorrow. But this this sense of play is vital. It's important for our well-being as well as for the benefit of the solutions. I have something I would love to share with you just as a sort of ritual to close today's session. Um, I'm going to share this visual whilst reading you two poems, both of which are by Mary Oliver. They're both about 
kind of the idea of planting seeds, but with slightly different emphasis. So feel free to kind of pick whichever one resonates with you more. What have I learned so far? Meditation is old and honourable. So why should I not sit every morning of my life on the hillside looking into the shining world? Because properly attended to, delight as well as havoc is suggestion. Can one be passionate about the just, the ideal, the sublime and the holy, and yet commit no labour to its cause? I don't think so. All summations have a beginning, all effect has a story, all kindness begins with a sown seed. Thought buds towards radiance, the gospel of light is at the crossroads of indolence or action. Be ignited or be gone. So that's the first poem. And then that's sort of quite activating. The second one has a slightly different vibe. I worried a lot. Will the garden grow? Will the rivers flow in the right direction? Will the earth turn as it was taught? And if not, how shall I correct it? Was I right? Was I wrong? Will I be forgiven? Can I do better? Will I ever be able to sing? Even the sparrows can do it. And I am, well, hopeless. Is my eyesight fading or am I just imagining it? Am I going to get rheumatism, lockjaw, dementia? Finally, I saw that worrying had come to nothing and I gave it up and took my old body and went out into the morning and sung. I'm just going to leave those playing because they're so beautiful. So those are just kind of two ways of looking at the seeds we've been planting today. This sense of... Um, can we be passionate about environmentalism and not do anything about it? No, I don't think we can. But also we can't worry about everything. You know, nature will take care of a lot of, a lot of this. And partly we just need to go out into the morning and sing and just kind of whatever your creative equivalent of singing is. We just need to, to do that. And that's part of it. So that is today. Tomorrow we are going to... Essentially, tomorrow's section of the Making Design Circular Framework is all about grow. And I will cover some of the stuff that that framework usually involves. But most importantly, we're going to be building the compost to help the seeds that we've planted today flourish in the rest of this year. Thank you so much for listening to the replays of A New Leaf. I hope you have got some value from them and taken part in the exercises at home. If you're not already following Making Design Circular on Instagram, that is a new Instagram feed specifically for Making Design Circular. The link is in the show notes. Um, if you're not already signed up to my newsletter, then that link is in the show notes as well. If you're listening before the 1st of September 2023, then the doors to the Making Design Circular Incubator are open. Um, again, link is in the show notes. Go and check that out. If you're listening after the 1st of September 2023, then hop on the waiting list for the membership and you will be the first to find out next time we launch either that or something else. I want to say a quick thank you to Roisin, one of my amazing members who co-hosted those Zoom sessions for me and helped to make everything go super, super smoothly. And to Kirsty Spain, whose editing prowess you are listening to as I speak.